Hi, and welcome to the Data Engineering Podcast, hosted by Cynthia. I'm Jason Gould. I'll be uh, looking after the discussion every week. We'll cover a host of topics like DevOps and tooling, programming languages, strategies, and all that kind of stuff. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy it. Hopefully, we'll catch you next time. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Data Platform Podcast. Um, I'm going to dispense with which number of podcast this is because we've had some special guests on recently that need to go through the process of approving in RSV, and now we get all out of sync. So it's just a Data Platform Podcast, whatever episode it is on Spotify that you're now listening to. Uh, welcome. Uh, with me, as always, I have, uh, or nearly as always, we didn't have him on the last one, is Tomo, um, our Chief Data Architect here at Cynthia. Hey, everyone. Uh, and we have a guest with us here, actually a returning guest, uh, Yorai from uh, Mindsmiths. Hello. Welcome, guys. Uh, and today we're going to talk about engineering efficiency. And I'm sure that um, our guests here will be able to fill us in on exactly what that means. Yeah. So, Tomo, do you want to make a start? I can make a start, yeah. I, I think that engineering efficiency, I, I, I don't expect us to talk about the metrics of it, <laughs> how to produce more code in less time. Yeah, KPIs. And all KPIs over, yeah. <laughs> on the lines of code. This is not something that we would encourage, I think. Uh, I think today we are going to talk about the process of, uh, you know, being creative at your work, uh, being innovative and being efficient in executing what you imagined. And uh, yeah, what are the skills that you have to have and what, what is the environment where you can make uh, everything ready for people to be super efficient. Cool. And when they're super efficient, they will feel good. They'll feel like rock stars. Cool. Yurai, your take? <laughs> Sound your like a plan. Well, this topic is really close to heart for me because as my uh, responsibilities grew, I became head of engineering and like had a lot of responsibility regarding people, how they feel, uh, if they're happy or not. I realized that I have an imposter syndrome, so I thought maybe everything that I achieved so far is just a fluke. It's like uh, just a random coincidence mm -hmm. and because at the beginning everything seemed so easy you know like so simple you would basically write some code deploy it it would uh, run correctly or incorrectly and the feedback loop was like instant so you had instant gratification and as your uh, responsibilities grow as you uh, take a lot more like soft skill tasks like managing people helping them grow and so on uh, the feedback loop becomes much the feedback is much more delayed mm -hmm. you know as people grow you can assign some value to it and say okay i had some part in it but it becomes much harder to actually measure if you're efficient or not mm -hmm. i agree and i mean <clears throat> you can check yourself by seeing if your estimates work exactly and i have like 20-ish years uh, in, in certain roles that wh where I was expected to give an estimate to, to achieve a deadline to get to that to, to that point and still you know every estimate is just an educated guess is it under or over for you 
Mm. Well, it, it it's it's both actually. Oh, cool! Because most people would underestimate because mm. they overestimate their ability to to do something. Mm. No, it it can be both uh, because it's it's. Um, I think that when you are working with new technologies and with with new people, you have this uh, more or less pleasurable uh, um, things that you run into, and um, you know it's. Uh, Sometimes it's 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 hard to explain to people why you have to change uh, your course that much. So, for instance, you know you, you design a process that you want to run on certain infrastructure, a software process, and then you know that infrastructure either if if it's a software infrastructure like database or, or a distributed file drive or. Uh, you know, message broker, something like that, uh, you expect it to behave like it's declared in a specification that you read. You will become, at one point, you will become so, um, mm, such an expert that you will know everything and you will be able to solve problems immediately. I never start with that uh, uh, feeling that, you know, we will know everything on, on, on our first go. I always expect troubles. But sometimes I overestimate those troubles. Mm. I rarely uh, still think that uh, we, we rarely miss uh, in, in uh, pure development effort. Mm. Because we, we are not, I mean, if, if you are working with one technology or one programming language long enough and you know what to expect and you know what... And you know how to get around those problems exactly. as well. You know, and I... you've been there mm. already five or six times and if you are not like completely yeah, out of your mind, you will be able to remember and, and also also put that in, how can I say, to, to embed it into, into the whole estimation. Yeah, like for me, the estimate comes to like, okay, this is how much work there is. And then the big question is how many unknowns are there? Like if there are a lot of unknowns, it could be like n times, it could take n time more effort and uh, coordination and, and iterations so exactly unknowns are the devil no, not only that but sometimes you will just take a left turn or right turn where you are not expected you will just change everything you will mm. say you know i i'm uh, super impressed by people who know uh, when to completely change the course of the of the project or uh, or uh, software software development uh, product they're working on and most people don't. Most people don't. No. Or That's are afraid. Yeah. Are afraid and they're, they're like pushing for, for the same thing, looking, uh, you know, uh, uh, trying to to um, trying to fix things that can't be fixed in a way. But they're adhering to the... I, I think a lot of this is that they're adhering to the plan. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. It, it, I, and it actually, this is a, a topic for another day, is, mm -hmm. is the top-down plan versus the bottom-up plan exactly. versus the uh, counter plan. Uh, which is actually top down and bottom up uh, and i think that one's a super interesting one and i think that I, one of the things i wanted to mention on that topic of once you get to know everything is that trade-off between using the stuff you've used for the last decade which may not be absolutely fit for purpose mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. you know how to get around everything mm -hmm. and using a newer technology which is going to potentially solve your problems but you don't know it as well. Yeah, and you will have a lot of headaches. But uh, as I said, <clears throat> I was always admiring people who, who were 
willing to, to, to take a strong uh, decision in the middle of the process because mm. I don't think it's a mistake on their side. The thing is that uh, everything that you create before uh, industrializing it is a prototype mm. and it has to be, uh, you know, you have to invest time. At what, at, what stage, at what stage is it too late then? Is there ever a time during... It's, I would say, yeah, it's, it's too late when you don't like the design anymore. <laughs> and and uh, it can happen that you won't like it after three sprints. Yeah. And you will think, yeah, but what can I do now? I can't go back, you mm. know, and change everything. I have to push through. Usually, the push through is not the way to go. That's the wrong decision. It's the wrong decision. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, but, but people don't feel comfortable then coming and saying, you know, I think we have to redesign everything and they in maybe not now that 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 often because the, the agile did one thing good and that means that your product owner the guy that you're responsible to as a software architect or software developer he should know everything that you're going through mm. like every day and you don't have to go once uh, once uh, every two months and explain why now you are changing the whole uh, course of your. Of I, your I think as well is that another thing it's done is the sort of two pizza team and small teams of people mm -hmm. working on a decoupled product. Mm -hmm. It's you know if you're only three sprints in the the cost of making a fundamental change to the product is not that high. No. If you're no. two hundred software developers working on some monolithic piece of yeah garbage yeah, yeah. Uh, your you know the the impact of making fundamental changes to the architecture even three sprints in is massively costly mm -hmm. and i think that typically what i've seen in my career is those are the ones that they just try and motor through and mm -hmm. it's they stop at the point everybody says we're not spending any more money mm -hmm. on this yeah this is like a great point actually because so first how do you ensure that you have a culture that will say okay, we made a mistake, let's iterate, let's uh, go in the right direction. And second, how do you have people say, okay, we made a mistake, but we shouldn't feel bad in a way. It's mm. my personal uh, failure, but it's just a new opportunity to learn. But I think that's really fundamental when you look at uh, that sort of continuous improvement and everything is a test of a hypothesis. Mm. We have an idea about what it will be, and it's not that we have a solution, we have a potential solution. Yeah. yeah. And then what we do is we test it and we're right or wrong. And then we continuously iterate would, on that. I would say it's like something that is maybe more, uh, more in sync with a startup culture, mm -hmm. you know, because in a startup you actually have to iterate constantly and you're always wrong. Mm -hmm. But in the big companies, I'm not so sure how flexible they are and how confident their employees feel to actually go and say okay this isn't right this doesn't sound right mm -hmm. and this will fail and, and i actually i'm curious then if if the fact that they don't have that culture is one of the problems mm -hmm. and why in big companies tech costs so much money exactly and also i would like to to to, to mention that you have to so so uh, you know Creating a new software, a new software product is something like manufacture. You have to go into that process with the same mindset if you are making, I don't know, a new shoe, hmm. or or uh, you know, a skateboard. 
you so that means that actually there is no um you, you have to have especially and and then now we are going into innovation and creativity you have to have people who are not uh, constantly under pressure of deadlines timelines and uh, product uh, pro product uh, agility or how would you call it the, the the planning and executing the plan you have to have research and development if you want to create software you can't just write specifications and then write software it doesn't work that way it does not because technology changes and you have to change much quicker and the thing is that if you want to have people that are not uh, under pressure of, of timelines then they can think about smart solutions smart solutions are usually elegant and simple elegant and simple once it comes into software production should work well should be on time not always but <laughs> in most cases I, so, I, would, I would say that the important component there is uh, not to develop programmers mm -hmm. but to develop like engineers or problem exactly. solvers problem solvers yeah exactly yes. and that's why uh, like Jira tickets that say do this don't work I would say it's more like you need to understand the problem that you're trying to solve so you yourself can say okay this makes sense or doesn't make sense and that you can like adjust as the situation changes this is the top-down planning thing yeah. so so when, when we looked at this and and um, this is something that actually worked particularly well with a group of people at one of the companies I worked with was actually not telling them what we wanted them to do but telling them what outcome we wanted and let them decide how yeah, to exactly. how to reach it of course of course and that, that was a, a far less stressful approach and ended mm. up with actually far better solutions because I mean if you're a retailer for example you don't say I want you to go and create a recommendation engine you go to the team and say I want you to increase the basket size by five percent exactly. yeah. go and figure out how exactly. to do that and and what you'll end up with is a whole bunch of hypotheses mm. and you might get five or six really great ideas out of it in the end yeah exactly but I think it's like the core of the company culture that's something that has to go through like from the CEO all the way down to an intern mm. that, and they should all have that same approach once the, the 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 process is designed you know and once the tasks are defined then you know I'm, I'm not having any issues with people taking stories and doing their work yeah exactly and it helps a lot because you have and to make good estimates exactly and and people like to do it mm. people then finally feel feel you know confident because they know what they need to do everything is documented they just need to produce it and that's it someone else is responsible I mean, that's that's the matter of fact yeah, people yeah. don't like responsibility. responsibility yeah but like i would say that the, my experience showed that people are happy when they know why they're doing it sure, sure, of not, course. Yeah, yeah. So. well they make better solutions if they understand exactly. why they're exactly. doing it yeah. they need to understand sure. but they 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 also like well-defined tasks yeah they, i completely agree they, I, mean, they feel safe. I mean who doesn't I, that's, that's, I, you know. <laughs> yeah well Jason doesn't he, he raised his hand but I, I like it a lot also and and the thing is then then you know the, the thing when everything works well it's uh, one happy family Everyone I, I, is I happy. like I, I, I very much enjoyed the process of trying to find the solution actually mm. producing the solution afterwards is a much less interest to mm. me I like to do prototypes that comes with seniority yeah, yeah. Uh, it comes. I, well, I, I am old, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like all, all the phases. I think that the, the main question that I, I would ask someone or myself or whoever 
is you know how uh, I mean you you uh, you create the environment where people can thrive mm-hmm. where people can bring you know engineers are smart people uh, they're like um, curious people they like to know stuff they like to experiment they, they, they like you know to think and you know how to create an environment where they will fee- feel free to think it doesn't matter what kind of seniority they, mm. they, they, they need, but they, they need to be encouraged to think and to improve. And to make mistakes. And to make mistakes are not, I don't even care about mistakes. No, because yeah. really if, if you haven't made any mistakes, you haven't learned anything. Exactly. exactly. I don't even, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, mistakes is not something that we discussed here for the last five years. No. You know, we, no. we can, I mean, after we, we do something wrong, we can reconsider it we can discuss it but it's an open discussion mm. and we are usually laughing and feeling good because we we know what the problem is where we went wrong i don't think that i mean mistakes are really really overrated you can't teach anyone by pointing his mistakes yeah. and and you, you just narrow it down but the thing is how to encourage uh, I, I think that all all comes with how to encourage people to be creative and not force them to be creative uh, you have to make them feel comfortable I, we have this with this continuous improvement. Yeah. We speak about quite a lot of continuous improvement, mm-hmm. and we always associate that with the product that we're creating. And actually, I think continuous improvement is mm-hmm. much bigger than that. It's talking about people mm-hmm. and their ability to learn and, and everything else. And, and if you force people into a box and say, just go and do this and do this for the next mm-hmm. 10 years, any will to learn within that person has been totally removed. And that, for me, continuous improvement is of the person, of the organization, of the product, of the technologies you're using to create your software product. It actually covers all of it. And that encouragement to continuously improve in people, I think, is the bit that is, Mm. you know, they're not scared of making mistakes. They're not scared of learning new things. Um, For me, that's a really important part of it. Yeah, like uh, my opinion here is that actually I'm everyone needs to have a mentor like someone who is there to uh, or a coach and that's someone that is there to uh, guide mm-hmm. them to help them especially in the be- beginning mm-hmm. to be their safety net so they feel confident that they can actually uh, say stupid I mean stupid things mm-hmm. that they can make mistakes that it's all fine it's just part of the learning process mm-hmm. uh, and for me like I've helped superstars grow so we have people in our company that are like just crazy animals how like efficient they are how much they bring value to the company but I also mentored people that uh, weren't so successful and and when I like think back what happened there it's because I wasn't there enough I wasn't there to help them understand that uh, it's okay to fail that like to help them yeah. celebrate their yeah. wins and but so that's on. just part of it i am yeah, I mean, you, you i'm also human yeah. and i'm also learning you you can't force people to 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 be anything and you shouldn't yeah. so how, just, how then there's another flip side to this coin isn't there because you know we, we've spoken a lot about encouraging people to try new things and do mm-hmm. new things and all the rest of it and one of the things i've recognized in a lot of a lot of places that I've, i think probably every place that i've worked is that you get a bunch of engineers so you know they fall into a bunch of categories Mm -hmm. and there is one category of engineer that 
They don't care what it is they're producing. They want to use the latest, newest thing to do it because that's what they want to learn. Exactly. And then they choose that thing because they want to learn it, even though it's probably one mm -hmm. of the worst technologies for mm -hmm. the solution they're producing. How do we deal with that kind of side of it? I'm always up for it. <laughs> I'm always up for it. Even if we don't have a, a certain case, I'm willing to think about the case just for us to be able to, to But we have we, the, we the have project. our labs for that. I mean, yeah, what, how, we have how, labs. Labs you know, work like that. that. That's how, I mean, we absolutely encourage yes. all using all the latest technology so we can learn from it. But how do you deal with that when it's you know you're you're working on a production solution mm -hmm. for a for a bank for example? Well, I mean then then you have to I mean you, you no but no one will feel good if they're working on a system that is going into production on a technology they don't know or believe. Mm. So, so it's you, super important that we should have that foundation of knowledge about sure. our, no, our product. Sure. That's for sure. I mean, as I said again, people that like to experiment with new technologies even then won't be happy to use the, yeah. the latest new technology. I mean, I've seen that in the past, but yeah, luckily it's not a lot of people that, that's like... Yeah, I've seen some crazy stuff. It's like, why are you yes, using that? Yes, well, yes, want to, all, it's yeah, a really cool I technology. to try it <laughs> yeah. out. Maybe the, they don't... I mean, on the other hand, maybe they don't have the playground to test it. And that's actually what then I was going to yeah. say is that if you... You know, the, the guys here get time i wouldn't say you know it's not half their time or anything but they have time to trial and error yep. and obviously and we're going to use the magic phrase here that we say in every podcast we use we've decoupled our systems enough that if we screw a piece of it up it's only a small piece it's not the sure, whole thing sure. because it's all decoupled so we can quite easily make yeah. a new piece again yeah but yeah. it's also useful to recognize okay it's some person is more of a prototype oriented person someone mm. is more like stable uh, everything is well known and so mm. on for example i'm much more on the safe side so i'm the kind of person that will use that optimizes for stability for security for, mm. so everything is like well defined while there are people uh, in our company that are much more like just let me hack this out let's see what will happen and when you have that knowledge it's great because you can assign uh, problems like based on their interests. So. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're thinking like an architect. They're thinking like, um, you know, innovators, developers, exactly. whatever. It's not, it's not uh, either of, I mean, you have to have both because in the end, uh, you know, you have to set up the system in some actual environment that exists and, and that need to work. And that's, I, I also, I mean, I took a lot of uh, pleasure and pride in setting up uh, systems that work flawlessly like for years. That's mm. that's the biggest reward ever. And then, you know, when, when you have this... Uh, Nobody likes debugging. Yeah. <laughs> and then you don't you don't have to go back and dig out stuff and re, re, rearrange pieces or whatever needs to be done on, on, on a live, live <laughs> patient. And, and I think that it's it's also very satisfying, but it's also very satisfying to try out new technology and then see, oh, wow, th this is really, really good. We should use that. And whenever, but th th this is, again, the thing that I think that efficiency in, in engineers in the company will be mostly improved if you give people tasks that will uh, get them 
thinking about solutions and trying out the technology for that solution. Mm. So for instance, not, you know, using Golang, please, uh, you know, see if we can have like in-memory lookup engine, um, you know, that will be able to do this volume and this frequency uh, of, of uh, transformations. And then at the, at the same time, you know, if, if you tell them just, I want to have a super quick component that will solve this problem, then they have like the whole arc and you're teaching them to be architects, mm. teaching them mm. to think about it. And then when they present the solution, then you ask them, okay, how are you going to pack it? How are you going to yeah. deploy it? How are you going to connect it? Did you, do you have APIs for all the um, functionalities, you know, mm. and that builds, builds people morale. And then, then you can have, uh, everything I, I think that all comes from from that place. yeah mm. i agree and a important component there is trust that you actually have those people for example i always tell my mentees i'm here to help you like grow and be happy and then what happens then usually is they in return like trust me they will tell me when they're sad and something's mm -hmm. bothering and so on and they will push for the benefit of the company because they know that I'm always have their back sometimes it will mean look maybe we're not uh, like you're not a company fit anymore but I will be there to help you like find uh, uh, new opportunities that will make sense for you mm -hmm. and that's all you can like do to in order to have that trust so you can like give them confidence that they can as you said, like go and uh, test out theories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So eff efficiency, and then after that part, when we have happy people that that feel safe, then I think you don't have efficiency issue anymore. You don't need metrics. You don't need to measure anything, and your estimates are actually correct. Well, and I'm pretty sure our accountants at this stage would be saying, "Happy people are unproductive people." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about that because you know it's. Um, no, I I I I I I joke about this yeah. actually, but in all reality, I think the fact that our guys tend, for the most part, you know, everybody has some things that go on in their life that bleed mm -hmm. into their working day and stuff. But generally, I think our guys are all pretty happy, and mm -hmm. our customers are certainly super shocked mm -hmm. at how quickly they produce stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's good. I, I think that, you know, be, being too happy and too comfortable, it, it depends on your personal mentality. Mm. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't mix com being comfortable with being happy because, like, I expect people to go out of their comfort zone. So yeah. it's not, you yeah. should be too comfortable. Exactly. But people like comfort. <laughs> like cats. So they, yeah. they, 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 <laughs> they strive for comfort and it's uh, hard to get them out of their comfort zone. Yeah, I like. But I, I, I fully agree with you. Sometimes you have to do it. No, that's I mean, like taking any kind of challenge in life. That's how you grow, you know. Yes, yes. It's the same, yeah. like from the beginning. Yes. You have to like go and say, mm. I don't agree with this approach. This doesn't make sense. So yeah. it does take people out out of their comfort zone. And I always encourage mm. everyone, like, uh, go like go to a podcast, go have a hold a presentation. <laughs> Do whatever. Yeah. yeah, this podcast totally inside my comfort zone, like 100%. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it's outside of my comfort zone. I did them, uh, some of them. But yeah. Well, I mean, my job is to talk, so I'm fine. 
No, but yeah. I mean, if you start with a premise that we all want to be better engineers, mm -hmm. it makes perfect sense. You have to go out of your comfort zone yeah. because some at the beginning it's okay writing a new uh, piece of code. Mm -hmm. That's later on it's presenting later on it's mentoring yeah. and so on explaining explaining why do you think that your architecture should work and then not only not only explaining but you know making uh, let's say a prototype for it and then showing people how how it works and then you know be be ready to uh, get some harsh critics because uh, you know engineers uh, when they're criticizing they're not super nice No, and, I've been <laughs> on the receiving end of yeah, that and we, we, and we also have that level of uh, communication on, on, on the, the side of you know when when if, if you're really doing something that, That's that's uh, I would say not not the smartest and the best solution you expect people to tell you, you know what's wrong with you yeah. this doesn't work and then challenge you and challenge and challenge and challenge and with each challenge you, you you're like uh, you know you know you're unhappy with uh, why do they don't get it from the first go and then when you think about all those challenges then you 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 can definitely see if your mind is at the right place you can see the the holes they found because nobody will will just complain just for fun's sake yeah, I mean, we have an inordinate number of mm -hmm. graduates mm -hmm. uh, who who come, you know, let, let's be honest, with yeah. with actually multiple things. They, they don't have a lot of experience to start with, mm -hmm. uh, and pretty much they haven't been encouraged to think outside the box. Mm -hmm. They've been encouraged to follow a program or whatever. So think the first, first time yeah. that you sit them down and say, well, how do you think this should be done? And they're like, deer in the headlights. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. No, I... <laughs> I agree. Uh, it's the the thing is when I'm holding interviews, I always tell them this is not a place for ninety ninety or ninety five percent of the people because you have to have the capacity to get a constructive criti criticism and think to yourself, this is not personal. Ooh. This is like purely. It's making me better. Yeah, it's making yeah, me better. Sure. Yeah. And yes, sometimes it's hard to get it yeah. and super hard. But and it's not for everyone. Like but it's super hard even to to get it and it's hard to receive it. It's hard to get because if you have certain years, then then people are maybe hesitant to point out that you are actually doing something stupid. Yeah, yeah. Because they will think, you know, well, his <laughs> experienced guy he probably knows what he's doing but never never do that Whoever my, my assumption podcast, is that just, yeah. everything I'm doing is stupid and, and then it's yeah. a happy accident when we it should isn't. print it on a t-shirt yeah. everything I'm doing is probably stupid yeah I, right I agree uh, but anyways so uh, I came into this phase of I started dealing much more with people much less with code mm -hmm. uh, and i realized that i don't know how to measure my efficiency how to measure my success mm. and then i talked with other people and asked them like things like what is the thing that keeps you awake at night and then you that's like mm. those people have like tens and tens of years of experience as engineering managers, VPs of engineering and so on. And they told me all the same things. It's like, I'm afraid that people will go. I'm afraid that we're moving in the wrong direction and so on. And I'm, and I, all that's, everything that's happening in my head is, 
I have those same fears. Yeah. And now you know you're going to have them for the rest of your yeah. career. And now I know. Exactly. If, if you it, care it won't about get better. What, yes. If you care about what you do, you will always be a concern. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But you will always be concerned. But don't, don't, I think that at one point, I know that I can tell you. I mean, I will tell you now. But uh, you have to come to that conclusion yourself. It's not like you can just take it. I think that measuring yeah, your own efficiency should be, I mean, if you are team lead, that, that word lead, it's not there just for fun. You are team lead and your efficiency can be measured through the efficiency of team. Yeah. Through the collective, not your personal one. You no, have no. to forget about your personal efficiency. You have to forget mostly about everything that you like. Okay, I'm going into right direction right now, but no, mostly but you, will, you will work for, for other people, you're, for you're, their I mean, happiness, for their comfort and for their success. I mean, we call it team leader these days instead yeah. of team manager for a reason. Yeah. You're not yeah, there yeah, to yeah. manage, you're there to yeah, inspire, totally. encourage yes. and provide an environment for, in mm -hmm. which other people can succeed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a hard shift to make. I'm uh, moving in that direction. The problem is like the feedback loop is pretty slow like because you're a sign of success is uh, project projects well done, mm. people growing, people mm. developing and so yeah. on. And uh, they're all hard to measure. And yes. they're all like so hard to measure exactly like how important was I in this situation. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's something that it actually as I think that as your seniority grows, you, your impact is at the, at the beginning individual, then it's on the mm. team, then it's on the department, yeah. and in the end it's on the whole company. Mm. I, I have an interesting one on this because I, I quite frequently have, I'm going to be really super careful here not to say any company names or people <laughs> names or anything, but I genuinely have worked in a lot of companies where I think to myself, if that whole management structure disappeared tonight how much impact would it really have on the company and some of these big companies you sort of think to yourself you know i've, I've worked with a few incredible sort of c levels yeah. who have been like really super inspiring and everything else and and you can sort of see that actually if they left that that would be a gaping hole in the organization but i've worked again with so many that are just mediocre mediocre yeah. <laughs> Well, mediocre uh, turns the wheel around, and you yeah. know it's it's sometimes you you have to. I mean, I I never envy those people because they mostly do things that I'm not interested in, and mm. they have to be done. So it's useful. I'm not thinking that engineers are like semi gods. No. That only I mean a lot of people are doing super smart stuff, and we are kind of closed in our world because uh, the the world is running on technology, and we are the tech experts, so we are kind of. I would say lucky or what I, I will not use the other word that came to my mind uh, but, but the thing is that uh, yeah I also wanted to, to say on, on your uh, uh, on the topic that you mentioned Yura is uh, leading by example I read somewhere and I liked a lot uh, a guy I think it's a Dutch guy wrote the book when he said you know I was in the army and in the army you have to lead by example Especially if you're a drill sergeant or someone like that, if you go into combat, you have to lead by example because otherwise the people will just not follow you around. 
And he said leading by example now after 20 years is the most frustrating thing <laughs> that you can expect and you can put on yourself because the example that you're giving, you're constantly thinking, what is this? <laughs> what I, I teach those people? Uh, no, no, no. So yeah, it's, I, I, of course, I also think that leading by example um, is, is better than leading by you know, orders. But it can be super frustrating, uh, and yeah, that's that that comes with the territory. If you mm. want to lead, if you want to uh, take responsibility, then you're not just taking responsibility. You're not just taking lead. You're also taking all the negative stuff that comes with it. You're taking all the, you know, all the worries mostly. You're taking uh, most of the frustration, but your uh, efficiency is measured by efficiency of your team. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're, you're, at the end of the day, you're... There is no you, then. No. Exactly. Uh, and, and that's a, a super important thing uh, to, to state, is that your, your, your goal as a, as a team leader is to, to give your team a safe space in which exactly. to work. Yeah. Which means all of you that... You have to take everything. All of the negative mm. that might be directed for a poor implementation or whatever mm. is lands on your shoulders. Mm. And, and you have to ensure it doesn't filter down onto the team. Yeah. And we're on the topic of what is a good team lead and a great team lead. They say that like, you, if you disappeared, everything should continue running smoothly. Mm -hmm. So you should be completely replaceable, but your eff effect that you have should, is actually much more long term. You know, if you disappeared, it would be seen in the long term in yes. the like, growth of the team and its management. Fully agree. The best, the best team lead is the one that disappears and everything keeps running. And nobody notices. I'm, nobody. I'm a perfect team lead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I, I, I actually think that. I think the team leads, you know, who just don't, you know, they, they can. You don't have any, any, uh, any hard dependencies on on one guy or one girl. That's that's the team that I want to be a part of. Actually, a good test for this is going on a vacation. Like, try mm. going for a week on a vacation and see how many times they will ring you up. And how do you? Yeah, but how do you perceive those rings? Because sometimes people, as, as you know, you have people that are not experienced. They get a panic attack. They call. The thing is that you know it's most of those calls are again that comes with with age and and experience. Uh, you know. Okay, there are some critical systems that some of us worked in, in, in defense and, and, and uh, you know, organizations that have to be there like, uh, I don't know, fire department or police or whatever. But we are not, uh, yeah, we, we shouldn't think too highly of ourselves as a very important people. I mean, we are just part of this world as mm. anyone else and they, we are not brain surgeons or someone who can I mean we can make mistakes we have that privilege uh, airline pilots don't so. unless you're writing the software that the exactly. airline flies the plane yeah which, which, flies the plane yeah which unfortunately I have been involved in no. I ever, and every every time I get the flight from uh, from here to one of our customers I get on a plane that I had a hand in writing some of the software in and I always think, do I really want to get on that yeah. plane? Well, at least you know in what state that software is. Yeah. I mean, think of what, what's the state in the other companies. 
Not only that, but that is that that's uh, that's an older plane yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the propeller engines, I think. Yep. And uh, I don't think that software does all that much. That oh, it controls all of the power going around the plane. So basically, ah, if the, the power, power okay. goes out, then you've got no ah, controls, okay, okay. and so, that's so, so, the terrifying so, thing. So it's it's a software, it's not hardware. Yes, software. Oh, okay. You will debug live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think that. I'm currently in a situation I think that a lot of responsibilities uh, are on the mentors so mm -hmm. they are here to provide you with the framework and to provide you with a bit uh, uh, wider context like where are you now where are you going what mm -hmm. makes sense for you what doesn't make sense for you uh, I'm currently in a situation where, where my mentors are not even part of the company with, but I'm like looking mm -hmm. for more experienced people in this area and because that's the only way when you have a wider picture you can actually grow it's not that simple to do it all by yourself and no. you shouldn't actually do it by, all by yourself and you shouldn't rush it that's tricky that's tricky like yeah. uh, my generation is the generation that wants to have everything instantly ah. okay okay i i think that uh, uh, i wouldn't rush it because then in, in 10 years you will have everything and you will not be super happy engineer. I mean, you are an engineer mm. uh, in the end. And, uh, you know, I, I'm always encouraging even, you know, when we have um, uh, uh, young engineers coming to a certain position like a product team lead or a team lead or a project team lead or whatever lead role they, they take, I always tell them, you know, if, if you don't have, a, you know, a strong wish to stop coding don't stop coding because coding is something that will make you a better better engineer and a better expert and then you still can switch in five or six years you won't feel trapped in your new role if you fully focus on on people on people skills on leading people you will have great results and everything but at one point in time yeah you will feel trapped in that new role and then you will say well why didn't i stay a developer why mm -hmm. didn't i stay the software mm -hmm. architect but then you know if you continue to to <clears throat> follow tech and you know exercise coding and code pieces of of solution and take some time i would say like 30 or 40 percent of your time and read about technology and understand technology you will be much happier because then at one point you know why not after 10 years you can take a role from i don't know uh, project manager or product manager and become a software development lead why not yeah i mean it's important to always be on top regarding like how does the software look like what's yeah. our architecture and so on because that's how you stay relevant in all the conversations and how you can actually transfer knowledge to younger exactly but maybe at some point you know you will be focused on the core part of your application and you won't care uh, you, you won't be able to follow what happens with the infrastructure with mm -hmm. the backend part but what i'm saying is you know to take your time to know everything and just let these leadership skills will grow on you don't, and don't, don't thing, take too much at the same time and, and the only thing actually i would mention on this topic mm -hmm. is that the things that you say to your team as in it's all right to make mistakes you can learn it takes time mm. don't expect it all overnight you should also maybe think of saying yeah. to yourself oh no i like i it's tell, okay to make mistakes i it, tell uh, everyone i'm making mistakes i'm learning please have 
it's important for me that you understand that and that you're vocal if you like are feeling bad if i did something wrong you need to know that i make mistakes and i i don't know what i'm doing so i i agree completely i think anybody who's not making mistakes has given up in life myself because it just means you're, it just means you're not trying yeah. You know, yeah. you're not getting outside of your comfort yeah. zone. If, if, if everything you do is successful, then you've not pushed yourself to, sure. to out of your zone. Yeah, your uh, uh, benchmarks are too low. Yeah. So, okay. Cool. I think we, we had like a psychotherapy session. Yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> exactly. I, feel, I feel inspired now. Yeah, yeah. I also feel a bit better. <laughs> and I think the theory is also... We all need to go and make some mistakes now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks very much. Thanks, Euro. Thanks, Tomo. Again, thank um, you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure as always. You're more than welcome anytime you want. Uh, cool. Thank you, listeners, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Take care. See Cheers. You.